Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Candace, and welcome to yet another episode of Kidding Around with me. I have a wonderful guest with me today, um, Dr. Ayo Gathing. She is a psychiatrist and author of The Modern Trophy Wife. She is also a public health advocate and a blooming media expert as well. And the reason why I asked her to come on the show is because of her field of expertise. She has actually works in child psychiatry as well. But recently, she's my friend. We came from Morehouse School of Medicine. Um, and and she she's also uh, a friend of Dr. Metzger. So there's a there's a trio or triad here of us that are trying to get out wonderful health information into the public um, and empower others to to be more healthy and have a, a, a better mind, better life, happy and healthy, all of those different things that we are pushing to the world. But 48 hours post-election, she wrote an article that was published in the Huffington Post titled, Parenting in the Trump Era, How to Prepare Your Child for Racial and Ethnic Violence Without Ruining Their Innocence. So I just wanna welcome Dr. Gathing. Hi, thank you for coming on the show. Welcome, welcome. Thank you welcome. for having me. Awesome. And I want to ask you about the article. What compelled you? I know this whole period, that election period, really had us all on the edge of our seats and really left us with some long-term impressions. And, 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 and obviously it touched you as well, but it touched you in a way that you thought about the kids um, yes. as it did me. So what compelled you to write this article? So I think that leading up into the election, while working with the children and adolescents, I could already hear a shift in some tone and how they were mimicking some of the things that were going on during the election. So the children were listening. They were listening to their parents, they were listening to the media, and I started to hear a tone and a trend of these children and adolescents thinking it was okay to discuss racial um, tensions in an unhealthy way, to tease others, about some of the things they had heard Donald Trump say, some of the disabilities, some of the racial things. And so I really felt driven to address this on a bigger level. Not only the kids that I work with one-to-one, -one, kind of just letting the world know what I was seeing and what was going on. Absolutely. As we have seen, I mean, we've heard so many accounts immediate. I mean, your article hit at the right time. We've heard so many accounts in, in communities all across the nation. Um, and also the world is seeing this and they're resounding and saying, hey, you know, what's going on here? Uh, of children crying in classrooms, thinking they're gonna be deported. Uh, you know, some kids saying to other kids, we're gonna build a wall, you're going back to Africa, we're sending you back to Mexico, you're gonna be my slave. I read some alarming things on social media um, and in news stories and articles, reputable sites about how people who are different or in the minority or uh, not the mainstream Caucasian person is being affected by this now, it's okay to say anything and do anything. Right. You know, that, I, and that was the tone. That yes. was the tone. Like yes. all things were, you know, kind of even. You yes. know, you can do anything, you can say anything, throw away caution to the wind and right. just kind of 
no filter really right. it was really just no filter right and the things we always teach our kids to be respectful and kind and loving you may think it but you don't necessarily have to say it you have to tolerate and respect and love everyone for their difference all of that just out the wind I, I just really think he he masterfully said I need some more numbers I know there are groups out there who hate this person, that person, whether it's their religion or their background or if they're LGBTQ. And I'm going to cater to them and make them feel a part of this and give them permission to say and do anything. But I don't think he knew it was going to trickle down to our children. And they started doing it too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So I, I commend you for feeling that the same thing that all of us were feeling. I mean, my son, he, he you know, would hear stuff on the news and go, that's not right. He's not nice. The kids knew. Right. Um, but unfortunately, some were impressed the other way because they love their parents and no one would think their parent is wrong, right? Right, right. <laughs> really, and, and adults really need to know that our children, they're like little sponges. That's what I wrote in the article. They're listening. They hear us. They know what's going on a little more than we think they do. Absolutely. And speaking of the article, so you put out some tips there on how to prepare your child, your children to deal with these uh, racial insults, these potential racial, ethnic, violent encounters. So let's talk about that. Take us through the article and give us those pointers um, to empower some parents on how to prepare their kids for this. Yeah, so the article really does speak to parents or, you know, caregivers, and they could be teachers, anyone that deals with children in a situation where you have some authority or some um, power over how their day-to-day -day functioning, their value system. So generally speaking to parents, I start out by saying address that there are differences. A lot of parents think, that it's better to not talk about differences and kind of let their kids just see it for themselves. But you have to teach tolerance. Children don't really get it and they don't understand. So you have to let them know that person doesn't look like you, that person doesn't eat like you, that person doesn't worship like you. So there are people out there that don't do the things that we do in our home, but that's okay. It's okay. There are other people out there that do things differently and that's not how we do it but you don't really hate them or disengage them or disrespect them for how they live their lives. And that, that's really the first step in this. So you wanna empower them to approach the world in a knowledgeable way, and they'll, they'll be more understanding, more tolerant because of it. Absolutely. So that, that's really the first tip that I start with. Okay. And so then you move into how you build your child. So. Children with lower self-esteem or lower feelings of self-worth often want to put others down to make themselves feel better or they approach a situation with insecurity yeah. and so they might go along with the crowd or be more apt to be a, one of those neutral bystanders mm -hmm. when they see something going on. So if you empower your child, let your child know they're worthy, that they're loved, that you hear them, that you'll listen to them, they come home and tell you about different things that are going on at school or at home. So this can be for a child that could be a perpetrator or a kid that could be a target. The more you build their self-esteem and the more they trust that you, and the less likely they'll be to go with the crowd or or um, kind of 
encounter other people with negativity in order to make themselves feel better. So building your child's self-esteem really prevents them from being a bully or a target in a different way. It kind of addresses that whole healthy self um, image. And so they're, they're more likely to communicate with you as a parent or adult and less likely to go with the crowd or be intolerant. So that, that's another very important thing. So um, the healthier their self-esteem is and self-worth is, the less likely they'll be um, looking for that sense of entitlement or empowerment from hurting others. Right. You know, and then it kind of moves into preparing them for the world. So even though you have a healthy self-esteem and you know there's other people out there different than you, Sometimes the world kind of gets you down. Yes. You think someone might have stolen your chance. And you hear kids say this all the time. Oh, I know you as a pediatrician. <laughs> your parents, you know, life's just not fair or it's not fair. Um, you know, a kid might have an illness right. or their sibling might have some other um, chances that they didn't get or talents they didn't get. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for parents to address this with their kids. They don't know how to say, you know, life's just not life's fair. Not fair. Everything doesn't happen to you that might happen to someone else, or we not be not be afforded the same luxuries that other families are. And so, addressing this kind of takes away that feeling from a child that they are owed something, right? Or that another person is, you know, taking away their opportunities or harming them by being prettier or popular, more popular. Um, so, um, yep. because yeah. these situations happen in the school environment a lot, and you know, like you said, your examples of the things you were hearing, they need to know that they're going to encounter people, other kids, situations that just aren't fair, and you can't necessarily respond with negativity or violence or looking down on them in a situation, that you have to handle that with grace and do a little better because the next time might be your opportunity. The next time might be your shot. So um, bringing that thought of the world's not fair, but you need to function with grace and be capable anyway, that, that's a pretty hard um, idea it to is. get across to our kids. That's right. That's right. Wait on your chance. It's coming, but it's okay to applaud others. That's right. And the last idea in the article is, is really a summary of all of these that you can't necessarily tell the future. You can't tell your kids exactly what's going to happen. You don't know if someone's going to say something negative to them or they're going to encounter a situation that's upsetting. But just letting them know that they can prepare for these things is just a concept that's going to be ongoing from childhood to adulthood. Just coping skills and just knowing that you might handle, you know, these curveballs that life throws you but that you can master them and you, you can survive. Right. So it's kind of like a summary of knowing these things and how to kind of put them into action. There you go. I tell you, if you are able to impart the, all of those principles into a child, they'll be pretty well-rounded, ready to deal with the world, ride the bumps and, and, and bruises and turn out okay and be successful. Absolutely, and, and, and be able to handle conflict and move forward without themselves uh, getting hurt and hurting others, probably. Really good tips. Thank you.
Absolutely. So we really appreciate your uh, that article. I thought it was wonderful, guys. I even I even you know reached out to Dr. Gathine and said, "Can I put that on my blog? Can I put it on my website?" <laughs> and she was so kind to allow that. So it is posted on drcandismd.com <laughs> under the blog section. So you can go and read it for yourself and take some of those principles out and it would be great to sit down and discuss it with your family um, especially the kids and so everybody's on one accord and able to um, pull out some of those elements absolutely that's yeah. right so our next moving on you know this reminds me so speak, speaking specifically of that divisive nature that has been created, there's a phenomenon that's been going on for a long time. Um, we all dealt with it growing up as kids, our parents, every generation, bullying. And basically, yes. your article addresses a, a, an, a particular area of bullying along racial and ethnic boundaries. Um, but this is still bullying in a sense. And that's what our main topic is today. Um, we're gonna we want to discuss bullying and define it. So one the first thing I want you to do is give us the definition of bullying because I often hear and I know I grew up and my, my family's philosophy was oh you'll be all right get thick skin uh, defend yourself take up for yourself they didn't even want you coming to tell them everything because that's tattling and being a baby toughen up you know that type of thing and we often say that's just kids being kids we often right. say that's just a little bit of teasing she'll be okay so I even myself went through a lot of things more so middle high school because I think that's the rough period um, that I didn't even share with my my family I dealt with it on my own um, because it just that was the culture that I came from but I think it's getting a little bit worse now. There are some poor outcomes, and I think we have to address it. And we are, I think, schools and national initiatives. There are all kind of things out there to address bullying. But the first thing is let's define bullying so yeah. the people who kind of whitewash it and minimize it can realize what actually um, makes for the definition of bullying. So really what it boils down to is unwanted aggression by a youth or a group of youth that creates a power imbalance and that leaves the other youth feeling helpless or hopeless against this aggression. So there, there can be a fight where two kids are evenly matched and they're just having a disagreement about something. That's not bullying. Bullying is when there's an aggressive nature or tone to the behavior that leaves the other youth or target feeling powerless, feeling hopeless, feeling like they can't match right. that level and that level is repeated mm -hmm. over time or multiple acts or incidents so it's really setting up a dynamic right. of power versus powerless right you know strength versus weakness so i think that's really where it becomes a bullying situation and typically it's usually a repeated thing. It's over a period of time. It's not one isolated incident. Right. That in the bullying literature, it really does promote this idea that it, it is repeatable. And so this situation or incident or, you know, interaction happened repeatedly multiple times. Right. Absolutely. So this is anything like we discussed before, racial slurs, hate crimes against LGBTQ religions to school bus tauntings. I mean, I think kids get it on the school bus. Yes. 
<laughs> that's the one we really know about. In the center of some of these things. You get a bunch of kids together in a small space. And you just, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen. Yes, there. the poor school bus drivers or walking home from school. That's when I got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. These these unscripted, unstructured times. There you go. Get kids together. When it's just kids, like a lack of supervision, like someone's driving. I can't deal with you guys back there. You know, yeah, safe yeah. driving. Yeah, you're all behind me. There you go. And then even yeah. on to the extreme, more of an extreme to online harassment within cyberbullying mm -hmm. that we will talk to talk about as well. So I wanted to bring out a couple of statistics for our families um, about bullying. Mm -hmm. Just to kind of bring it into perspective, to show how common this is, almost one out of every four student report being bullied during the school year. That's the 2015 school year. That's about 22%. And that's from the National Center for Educational Statistics. Now with our preteen and adolescents, for 12 to 18 year olds, students reported about 35% exposure to traditional bullying. I guess that's name calling, little pushing, a little taunting, that type of thing. And 15% cyber bullying and this was involvement they didn't qualify if i start dished it out or i took it we don't know but on either end if if i am the bullied or i'm the bully um about 15 percent cyber bullying 35 percent uh traditional bullying also 64 percent of children who were bullied did not report it and i think that's a huge element that has to be addressed because more than half of bullying situations stop when a peer intervenes. So that, that those two coupled together, if we just stood up and said something, that will cut down numbers significantly, I believe. And the last thing you sort of hit on earlier, the reasons for bullying reported most often by students were looks, 55%, body shape, 37%, and race, 16%. So we can't deny this race element, this different element. We can't deny maybe there's some self-esteem problems with some people, she's prettier than me, her hair is longer, or I'm uh, chubby, or you're teasing me because I'm chubby and you need to feel good about yourself. Everything that you hit on. So I just wanted to point that those statistics out because they are so powerful. Any comments on that? Yeah, I think that, like you said in the past, it was kind of one of those things that kids will be kids or it was very accepted that these things happen and no one looked at the effects where we'll talk about a little later, but just looking at these numbers, our children are really struggling with mm -hmm. these incidents. There is happening, we cannot ignore it. There is, like you said, a tone of it that's about people being different right. and some element of being unable to um, come together with people that are different. And so I think the more we have these conversations and the more we empower the world, teachers, everyone that deals with children right. about these things, the better we can do. Absolutely, absolutely. So moving into cyberbullying. Mm -hmm. Why do you think cyberbullying 
thank God it seems the numbers are smaller, but it does affect yeah. females a little more. Um, yeah. But why do you think it's so devastating to the point of, you know, having psychological ramification, uh, body symptoms, uh, affecting function and ability to go to school even? Let's talk about some of those things um, to educate parents and then do a little bit more after that. So cyberbullying, let's just kind of look at that concept. It's basically the electronic transmission of relational aggression. So you're making comments about people, you're posting pictures about people, you're giving information that the other person doesn't necessarily want shared. So this level of aggression is, is really affecting your relationships and the social dynamics of children. Those ostracizations, those social um, exclusion, those are already higher in females, as some of you might see in the reports, or I don't think we necessarily touched on that, but relational aggression itself is higher in females, and cyberbullying is an underpinning of that sort of relational aggression, and so that is why I think it's higher in females. But it's not that this is just a female idea. Right. Men and women, children, male and female are both using the internet. I mean, 2.3 billion people are on social media sites yes, across the world. <laughs> so I think that this is a concept that, that will not go away. Mm -hmm. And it's one that is very important and it's growing. And while you said it's lower, we need to look at it while it is lower right. and understand it. And it really challenges the idea of what bullying is. So mm -hmm. we talked about bullying but they look at cyberbullying. You share one picture and that could be yes. shared with the multitudes. You make one comment, that could be passed around. That's so right. this idea of repeatability can be from one act yes. on the internet. And yes. kids, as we know, are still growing and learning and they're impulsive and they're not necessarily thinking things through. Right. So they might be sharing information with other people that they might need to keep protected or they might share pictures of their body. Right. Right. or things that might not have been wanted to be shared with the world and they didn't think that that person might later show other people or that relationship might move on and so then that protected information is no longer protected under that relationship. So I think cyberbullying is this concept that is so important because it, it really takes responsible people to use these digital and social there sites. You go. And our, our young people aren't necessarily ding, as responsible ding, ding. and forward thinking right. as we are as adults. So I right. think it's an area that, that really is important to address. Right. So would you agree based on what you just said? Because that is something that I speak like a parrot in the office whenever I'm working. Um, you know, our kids ask for stuff well before they are ready for it, well before it's age appropriate for them. I have so many preteens, school-age kids, eight, nine, 10, where their parents have already given them their own solo electronic pad or smartphone or whatever with endless opportunities to use it. No check system, no rules, no nothing. And Dr. Metzger and I talked about this on Be Careful, Go Slow with the social media. We did a show on this, but this is the perfect opportunity again, like you said, if 
you're not a responsible person, you will make poor choices. But those poor choices have a digital footprint that never go away. So that one insult, can you can feel it over and over and over and over again after you make that mistake. You know, the Instagram photo, the Snapchat comment, anything. And, and I have had two incidences in my own family uh, where I've had a family member, beautiful, smart, just a situation of pure jealousy. Uh, girls um, basically get together and premeditate, we're going to jump her and had all their video cameras out, jumped her, and then posted the fight on some social media platform for 30 second fights where people just love to watch fights and comment. And that was devastating to her and to us yeah. as a family. And then recently, uh, a young lady, I think she's around 17 or 18, um, just moved here from a Caribbean country. She sent some photos, risque photos, back to her, what she thought boyfriend in her country. And now those are being posted in her country where she still has family. He's using them to, you know, uh, I guess extort money and different things from her. And it has finally gotten to her dad. The whole visit was how this has affected her. She is basically having panic attacks depressed, wanting to harm herself over that incident. So as parents, we have got to um, say no to some things when we don't think our kids are ready. We can't yeah. just feel guilty about that. And just know that even if your children appear ready, that they don't necessarily have the capability to handle these adult type situations right. and these really, really, like you said, things that can impact them for a long time or, or, or even forever. So I think that just day-to-day -day handling of a phone, of course, they can handle not necessarily losing it or not breaking it, right. but these transmissions of appropriate information or just being exposed to the things out there on the internet, In you the know? World. They've grown up with technology. Right. They know how to have access. They know how to break through, um, you know, kind of the boundaries that we attempt to set. So I think, you know, as you alluded to, making sure they don't necessarily have this access into a more appropriate age, and even during that appropriate age, have some restrictions, Right. It is a must as parents and teachers. Right. I, I, I tell them no codes on your phone. You should do a weekly check. Nothing can be erased. You just have to be cognizant. You have to be prepared. Like you said, preparation is key to get on top of them, get ahead of them, and to set up some rules and expectations of how you're going to handle yourself on this social media. Are you even going to be allowed on social media? Are you ready for that? If you are, these are the rules. These are the ones you can be on. Uh, I'm going to check in. I'm going to be watching. You have to talk to them. And it's an ongoing engagement, conversation, checking to make sure you're protecting your child. Don't just let them go go I mean just go wide open yeah go rogue I love it go, go rogue on social media and all these searches I mean even for the young kids they just get on there searching for you know YouTube videos for Minecraft or something they end up finding some crazy risky Minecraft videos so we, we need yes. to be there basically so yes. adult Minecraft <laughs> there you go right so I think we got off of, I got us off just a little bit Let's go back to talk about some of the effects that cyberbullying are having on our kids. Mm -hmm. 
Sure. So as you alluded to earlier, because of this um, widespread, quick transmission of information, it's having devastating effects on our children relationally. So they're being ostracized. And that can lead to feelings of depression, anxiety, self-blame. Um, there's even been higher estimates of self-injury and suicidal thoughts after an incident of cyberbullying. Right. And so while the lower overall percentage may be lower than traditional bullying, mm -hmm. these effects are very serious and they really come quickly after the incident. You said kids aren't discussing things with their parents or teachers, and so they might be struggling with these things for a few days and really not knowing what to do. And they're really put in challenging situations where they're forced to interact with these people in school, or and so they might start refusing to go to school. So right. truancy has been an issue, school refusal. They're having academic problems, either from the truancy or they're not paying attention while they're in school. They're thinking, who's seen it? Right. Who's heard it? Their whole reputation has been marred. And so I really think that we need to pay attention because these mental health problems can grow. There's been substance abuse, I mean, substance use issues after um, dealing with these. There's been physical challenges, as you know, these children get headaches, they can't sleep, they're having stomach aches. I mean, they're really torn up and it's really affecting them in all areas of their life. Right, total body effect. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So how, how do kids move on for that? Do, do you recommend, I, I know we do recommend a little therapy, a little counseling. We don't just say, it'll be all right, baby. Just give it some time. <laughs> you know, what can, what, can a, yeah, what can a parent do to help their child get over this? No, and I think this is where as a parent and as teachers, administration, you have to be overly cautious. So it seems to, it seems odd to parents that one incident might like, would need this much attention, but I think that it does. I think you have to be overly responsible and say, let's get you in some counseling. Right. Let's see how this is affecting you, affecting your thoughts, mm -hmm. your behaviors, your interaction with others, because uh, it might grow and fester. These right. feelings of self-blame, guilt start to you kind of tumble and kind of collect and gather steam and have long-term effects. Most of the studies show that these bullying incidents, especially cyber, have issues into adulthood. Right. And so we want to prevent that movement. We want to give it less steam. And so the intervention earlier on, once you know it's happened or your child has told you it's happened or even hinted right and intervene with a counseling situation or a therapist and and just see what you're dealing with absolutely that those are some great pointers absolutely just don't don't brush it under the rug address it right. and if everything is well then great but if it's right. not you're in the right place to get some help exactly. so let's talk about how do parents raise a kid who doesn't bully how do we, right. you know, what do we, how do we raise these little ones up early from the high chair, from the crib, all through yeah. life? Elementary, you know, elementary school kids are just like the best, you know. And then it starts getting to middle school, and uh oh, you know, this is where uh -oh. the I want to be like right. everybody else. The differences and the arguing and the little nitpicky. So, how do we have them prepared on a firm foundation, um, so that they don't have that in them to to do that? 
and I love that you asked me this because normally people ask me, what do we do to prevent the person being right. bullied right. or to per or address bullying once it's happened? Which like it's not my child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think people don't realize that bullying behaviors are seen as early as preschool. Mm -hmm. You know, pushing kids down, stepping over them, snatching their toys, mm -hmm. just this this level of um, a power struggle and aggression. And so you have to address it early on with your children, early, that you treat people with respect, that you don't get to have things just because you want them. You don't get to hurt people just because you're hurt. So, um, for instance, a child comes home and says, so-and-so did something to me and I didn't like it. You say, who did you, you know, tell at school? Did right. you tell your teacher? Right. So giving them solutions to handle problems right. instead of having their emotions drive their behavior. Right. So just letting them understand more about what's happening and how they're feeling. So I think a lot of people miss out on learning opportunities early right. to teach kids how they feel. Oh, you're hurt right now. You're angry right now. And that's okay, right. but let's see what we can do to take this power into your hands and solve it. Because I think a lot of situations of, of um, what we're calling bullying is created by the perpetrator feeling angry or upset or threatened right. or looking down on somebody, as we talked about earlier. So if you can address some of these interactions and say, hey, if you're upset, this is how you can handle it. If you're hurt, this is how you can handle it. And like we talked about building that self-esteem so they don't feel like they need to tear others down mm -hmm. to feel better about themselves early on. Right. So start these conversations with your preschoolers, kindergartners, and, and re re revisit these things as they get older because their emotions are going to progress. Their, their, their knowledge is going to grow and expand. And so right. you have to keep revisiting this over time. You know, these things peak in middle school age for a reason. Mm -hmm. They're hitting puberty. They're yes. feeling things oh, no. they've never felt before. Things are growing that they've never yes. seen before. More and more differences in height, weight, body image. And so yes. these are things that have to be addressed over time with parents. And so I think the more we teach our kids how to communicate right. and how to regulate their emotions, there you go. The, the better they'll all be. Right. So basically, you know, from a younger age, like you said, using your words, expressing your feelings effectively, not through hitting and whatever, and, and, and speaking up for yourself, telling someone, all of those, giving them powers or coping skills other than lashing out, basically. Correct. And, Correct. and, and you know, also um, teaching, having that value system in place in your home of love, mm -hmm. kindness, respect them them modeling you like you can't be a bully and then expect your kids not right, to right, have the same right, tendencies right, right? I, I think a lot of parents don't understand yeah. how much kids are learning and mimicking their behavior and it's going to look a little different on them but if you are like you said if you're an adult bully these adult ideas of labeling aggressive behavior you're dominating your field you know you might have figured out a way to understand how that works in your life but have you looked at how you're impacting other people in your workplace in right. your home um and so they're learning those ideas and so they think they're being assertive 
they think they're dominating their class, you know, but really they're looking at how you handle things and how you deal with things and they're repeating that. And so I think number one thing a parent can do is make sure that they are kind, that they are loving, that they're teaching values, like you said, that their kids can then go on and reproduce and mimic. That's right. Absolutely. So now what do you do? Like you said, you get this question all the time. What do you do if your kid is the bully? Well, they come to you. My child is a bully. What do I do? So if your child is already uh, exhibiting bullying behaviors, yes. that is when you want to sit down and address where they learn this from. What are their ideas on what makes this behavior okay? And you might really get a surprising answer because they might think, oh, I thought name calling was fun or I thought this is what we did or, um, you know, this is what other kids are doing. And so you can really start to see how they think of these behaviors in their head because kids don't wake up and say, I'm going to go bully someone today. Right. <laughs> That's not right. generally how they think. They go and say, I'm going to face the world today the best way I know how to make myself feel good. So these behaviors are being being perpetrated because they it's helping them function in okay. some way. So you have to look at why the bullying behaviors are reinforced for them. Are they feeling like some other kid be, you know, trying to do something to them so they're being preemptive? Okay. Or are they themselves being bullied by another child or another situation right. and they're trying to take power into their hands in another way? Right. So really understanding what's going on with a child that's exhibiting those behaviors and then addressing it either as a parent, if they're mimicking you, you teach them that that's not appropriate and that you two together are going to change. And if it's something that they haven't learned from the home and they're learning to take their power in an unhealthy way, that's when you want to get some counseling involved and start really looking at how you can stabilize these behaviors in a healthy coping manner um, with a therapist as they might be struggling with depression or anxiety right. or substance, substance use issues and really the bullying is a symptom. So you really want to look at the bully in a total um, kind of picture and not just as a behavior. And, and the treatment has to address all of those things. Absolutely. And, and sometimes, you know, you got to look at the family situation. Your child may need a mentor. Your child may need some other community agency involvement or even school involvement. Have a counselor, behavior, like you said, you know, a whole uh, full circle approach. Um, uh, to the to the issue as you state everything you can to get some help to address this with them to get them to see That this is not gonna fly. This is you know, I expect you not to bully and we have to right. fix this Absolutely, absolutely right. Now you spoke on this a little bit, but we'll touch it again tips for parents to share with their children on how to uh, handle a bullying situation and maybe we can create a scenario um, yeah. you know Johnny's on the playground and he wants this particular toy and that Mary has and so he's just gonna go over and take it he has not learned to share <laughs> and what can Mary do so I think that one thing we need to remember, bullying is your key to your response. So if you respond by saying, no, don't do this to me, oh, 
the bully really feeds off of that and says, oh, mm. look, this is really affecting them. Okay. And whatever it does for them, they're going to keep repeating it because they're feeding off of it. Okay. So if you say, you know what? Take the ball. I'm going to go get another ball. And I'm going to tell the teacher. Right. And, you know, so I think, number one, teaching your kids to empower themselves by one, ignoring a bully, right. or two, saying, you know what? You're inappropriate, or I don't like that behavior, but I'm not going to let it affect me, which Ooh, is a very difficult thing powerful. to do. But it can be tough, it, It's very difficult yeah. because we have to look at our own, you know, yeah. control our own behavior and stop ourselves by saying, I want that ball so bad right. that I'm going to feed into this pattern. Yes. So it's really, it takes strength to say, right. you know what, I'm going to... Um, address you with love and address you with kindness right. and I'm going to go find another toy to play with and not in a way that's saying I'm scared of you or right. you're more powerful than me in a way that's saying with I don't need this and I don't need this situation and, and it's really difficult especially in our younger kids yes. because they're saying oh my god I really wanted that ball but by being a parent you can say hey you have many other toys tell the teacher right. so empower them let them understand a solution but also letting them know that they don't have to feed into the cycle of being powerless. Right. You're choosing to move on. You're choosing a new toy and you're choosing to let your teacher know what happened. Those are all powerful tools. Right, right. And so and building even, that, yeah. building those skills. Even something as simple as saying, they may not get it on the level that you so eloquently spoke it, but even something as simple as, take the toy mm -hmm. or, you're trying to take the toy, you know, something, something that they just use their words, yell it yeah. out. You're trying to take the toy or don't take the toy or I had the toy first. That they're speaking what they're feeling. Yeah. I had the toy first. Sometimes that can diffuse a bully like, oh, oh, she just shouted it out. The teacher gonna hear it. Let me go. Let me run. You know, <laughs> I had the toy first. Right. I like that one. Right. right. And then if right. they still take it, then you go tell. But you empowered yes. yourself to confidently say what is going wrong right now and mm -hmm. then go and tell, right? Yes. It's so counterintuitive because there are so many cultures that teach you don't let anybody run over you. You let right. him come take that toy away from you, you better go get it. Right. <laughs> but right. I totally agree that that's such an effective conflict resolution to uh, tool that if we got that in our head and taught our kids from a young age to speak the words, yeah. go and tell, go and get help, oh, they can move on and they won't yeah. feed into, because yes, you're so right. If a bully sees you crying, if they see weakness, if they see you scared, if you go cry about it, they got you. They're coming back every day. <laughs> your <laughs> so toy is theirs now. Right, your lunch, <laughs> your lunch money, your, <laughs> your everything. So that, that's a very powerful right. tool. In, anything else? And you got to teach, you, you've also got to teach your kids that it's not weak to get support. So whether yes. they're getting support from another friend and saying, no, we were playing with this and bringing in another peer right. or telling the teacher. I think a lot of kids, like you, we mentioned earlier, come up in this culture that you're a tattle or you're a snitch if you tell the teacher or tell a friend or you know, empowering yourself to spread the word. But you have to let them know that that is one of the tools that takes away the power from the bully. Right. And of course, the one thing that does need to be addressed is systems right now are, are doing this whole zero tolerance 
and there's right. these policies and they're trying to police behavior and, and that's not really necessarily going to work. But I think that letting people know that there are people out there that will support them and will help them in the situation and not necessarily to hurt the bully, but to get support for you. That's so I right. think improving the climate of in the solution and problem solving, not punishment, right. problem solving really goes a lot further than trying to, to police and punish behavior. Right, right. And I like that you said there's power in numbers. So mm -hmm. if you're being bullied, it's probably best to stay in a group of kids, stay together, kind of, like you said, it's it's power in that so you can help each other out to, 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 get, to um, I guess, gain support around you because you're not the only one that's dealing with it. Right. Absolutely. Any other tips on how kids can handle this? I love uh, everything you said. I think another thing is, like you said, role playing. Role play with, as a counselor, teacher, parent, anyone mm -hmm. with kids that might be dealing with violence or even preemptively, and you ask them, are, are, is anyone making you feel comfortable? And, you know, come up with ways. Is anyone saying things about you? Is anyone hurting you? Anyone threatening you? Right. Um, give them examples. And if they say, yeah, role play with them. Right. Like, show me. <laughs> How did that happen? Show, tell me what the kid did, especially our younger kids when yes. they can't really um, communicate their frustrations and thoughts and feelings well, but they can act things out. And so I think role playing with your children and then role play the solution. Oh, is that what happened? Next time that happens, maybe try this yes. and do it like this and do a more empowered um, solution with them. And they'll go repeat that and they'll mimic that. So I think role play with our kids is very important and you can do that as parents as right. teachers counselors anyone that you encounter you can um, help right. their tools and skill building by role playing an example absolutely and then also as a parent like you said communicate with your kid you won't know what's going on if you don't talk to them and keep that mm -hmm. line of communication open and give them your support not your judgment Right. Um, and then you can be their advocate and go to the teacher and go to the counselor and go to the principal when you feel like it's getting out of hand. So that even right. takes it to a higher level. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So we're going to, we've run a little long. I always run long because the conversations are just so great. <laughs> but remember guys, we do take clips and put them on the <laughs> YouTube channel so that um, you can pick and choose what you... Uh, want to hear and you don't have to listen to the whole thing but we love for you to sit down while you're driving in the car and just listen to on your commute or your trip and listen to the whole thing so resources I love to give resources so safekids.com stopbullying.gov pacer p-a-c-e-r.org wonderful bullying resources for teens parents schools everybody um, now, Dr. Gaffine, I want you to tell my listeners, tell the audience about The Modern Trophy Wife, but your book that everybody should be reading. I have it. Yes. <laughs> yes, everyone should read The Modern Trophy Wife. So The Modern Trophy Wife is about how to go after your dreams 
and passion for balancing having a home life. You know, we shouldn't be put in a situation where we have to choose whether we be successful or go after our dreams and be passionate about things with having a family or taking care of our um, parents, having children. And so the book gives tips and strategies on how to balance your life and tools that you can use to be successful in both areas. And I think this is about women, but it applies to men. I've had so many men read this and say, hey, this is how me. So my guys out there, you can read it too. You might want to read it when you're at home, but it's for anyone that wants to go after their dreams or be successful in their careers or passion paths, but also want to have that driving home life. And um, you can find out more information about that on my website, www.iogavinmd.com or www.themoderntrophywife.com. And I think it's it's a great holiday gift, a great New Year's gift, yes, a great ma'am. Valentine's Day <laughs> gift. <laughs> so whenever you can pick it up, please do and spread the word. There you have it. I'm enjoying it. I haven't finished it yet. <clears throat> Sorry. I haven't finished it yet because as you can see, I'm always, I'm balancing, right? I'm always putting together information for this, that, and you know, all that. I do, I, you know, I read a little section. Oh, that's great. And you know, so you guys are helping me to stay balanced and get all of this in. But thank you so much, Dr. Gaffin. And this was a wonderful, much needed conversation on bullying, a wonderful article on how to teach your children to handle this racial tension um, that's going on Trump era, post-election, um, and it's bullying. It's about bullying. And yeah. so thank you so much for coming and imparting your wisdom, your expertise. And we thanks will for have, having me anytime. Thanks to all of my listeners um, for supporting Kidding Around with Dr. Candace. And um, be blessed. Bye-bye. We are the world.